Hey guys, John Tucker here from e-commerce town hall. And in today's episode, I got Nathan Hirsch from Ecom Balance. What Ecom Balance helps you do is as a store, get your bookkeeping process and financial management process just really, really dialed in so that you can make better financial decisions in the business. And you know, I know bookkeeping might seem, you know, a little bit boring compared to like email marketing or ads or all these other things that are out there. But in the episode, Nathan shares some war stories around what can happen to your e-com brand if you don't get the bookkeeping right and you're not doing it well. And so there's definitely a lot here that's worth digging into. And the bottom line is if you don't feel like your financial data and the routine that you have as a CEO as you build your brand is really empowering you to be able to take the business to the next level, then you're going to get a lot of key takeaways from this episode. So dig in, let us know what you learned to take your business to the next level, and I hope you find it valuable. Welcome to e-commerce town hall where six, seven and eight figure e-commerce store leaders learn how to scale and streamline to get to the next level. On each episode, you'll see strategies from the industry experts behind successful stores that you can take back and apply with your teams right away. The show is brought to you by helpflow.com. Helpflow provides 24 seven live chat teams to over a hundred e-commerce stores and can help you drive more sales while providing an awesome customer experience through their live chat agents. Check them out at helpflow.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Super, super excited to dig into today's topic. We're going to be talking basically about financial business, uh, financial management of an e-com business. Um, there's a lot of content out there, a lot of episodes, a lot of blog posts, a lot of everything around marketing and conversion optimization and you know advertising and just all the aspects of growing an e-com business. But when it comes to financial management, um, when, whether it's bookkeeping, accounting, cash flow management, all that stuff. Um, it's not something a lot of people talk about, um, but it's something that if you don't manage that part of the business well, it can be a huge problem and, and really, frankly, cause the other parts of the business, the fun sides, the marketing side, can make all those things break very, very quickly if the finance side isn't taken care of. And so uh, I'm uh, excited to bring Nathan on today to really talk through um, the financial side of things more deeply. So Nathan is co-founder of Ecom Balance. And basically what they do at Ecom Balance is really help e-commerce stores simplify that process of you know, accurate bookkeeping and having the right financial data to really make solid decisions. Um, and so we're going to dig into a lot. Um, but what I was really excited about when it comes to Nathan is like, he's not just somebody that decided, oh, like, I think I should build something in e-commerce and bookkeeping. And like, that seems like a good thing to go into. He's got a, a unique experience where, um, you know, he was co-founder of FreeUp, uh, which is the number one way to find uh, basically pre-vetted freelancers online, uh, scale that to $12 million a year, um, also he's run an Amazon store also where he drove $25 million in total revenue. So he's got like this wide range of experience of running a big team, running a big business, doing the merchant thing. And now, uh, he's kind of bringing that perspective to how to run, you know, the bookkeeping and financial side, um, of e-commerce. And so really, really excited to dig into like what he's seeing with e-com stores when it comes to the financial side, um, and really gets you guys to the point where you really see how to run a tight ship on the financial side of e-com. So Nathan, welcome to the show, man. I appreciate you making the time. John, thanks for having me. I, I'm excited to, to be here. I've been looking forward to this all day. Awesome. Awesome. So, I would imagine that store owners listening know they need to clean up their books, right? Like every business has books of some sort, but very few are like 
super clean books that an accountant would look like and be like, oh, this is fantastic. Um, but it seems to take a backseat, right? To marketing, it seems to take a backseat to other initiatives until it becomes a huge problem. And so I thought a good initial question to ask before getting into bookkeeping is what are some of the nightmares that you've seen happen when like a business doesn't have their books dialed in, doesn't have accounting dialed in? Like what, what does it lead to? So people can really understand like this is important to get right. It might not be urgent, but it's important. Yeah. And, and there's really two sides of it. I mean, one is being able to, to make good decisions every single month uh, with real numbers. I can't tell you how many business owners have no idea how much money they're making or how much money they're making per product. They might be selling five products, but four of them are unprofitable. They're making all their money on one and they're wasting a good amount of time on the other. And unless you actually segment your books, it's really hard to, to figure out what you're making. And it could be it could be across multiple brands. It could be different SKUs. It could be different marketplaces. You could be spending a lot of time trying to push products on Amazon Japan, which isn't really making you money. So that's kind of the, the big nightmare is the e-commerce sellers that are making really big decisions, make, taking out big risks in their business based on just seeing money going to their bank account and their Amazon reports opposed to real numbers. And the bigger one, which I can relate to a lot, uh, going through a sale of FreeUp, which was one of the most stressful six months of my life. And, and that's with clean, immaculate books. I can't tell you how many people have worked their butt off to get this big payday at the end and they go to sell their business and their books are not in the, the right shape to sell their company. It hurts their valuation. It blows up the deal. And that can be devastating. And if you, if you, if you don't have clean books going back, that takes time. And that's in addition to the due diligence, in addition to the lawyers going back and forth. The last thing you want to do is then wait two months for a bookkeeper to comb through and clean up all your numbers. So it, to me, it comes down to being able to make good decisions every single month based on what the numbers are telling you and putting yourself in position where if you ever do want to sell your business to at least have it be sellable. And that's what books allows you to do. Totally makes sense. Um, I had a buddy that went through an acquisition process where in retrospect, he realized that it wasn't such a huge issue for the acquirer that his books were messy, but it was a huge advantage to the acquirer because they went through the process and said, okay, we got to clean this up. Oh, we got to add this back. Like you got to do a whole bunch of stuff where like they controlled the messaging of the data because his data was garbage. Um, and yeah, so they, 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 they got what they needed, but they used it against him essentially. Even um, having your book set up on a cash opposed to accrual, and Joe Valley talks about this all the time from, from Quiet Light, I mean, that, that can kill your evaluation. So it's not just having clean books, it's having your book set up in a way that's beneficial for you going into the sale. 100%, 100%. Um, what are some of the, like the, the mistakes that you see, uh, see stores make when it comes to bookkeeping um, that kind of leads to you know, bad books or just like bad practices? Like, What are some of those mistakes that you see? So a lot of people have the top line of their income statement as the, the Amazon deposit into their bank account when really that, that's not the, the case. And this would be any marketplace, not just Amazon, but really the, the top line should be the top line. What are you actually selling? And there's all these different Amazon fees and, and reimbursements. And then it's the income going into your bank account. So not setting that up correctly. Unfortunately, e-commerce e companies like Amazon, Shopify, uh, WooCommerce, that they don't make it easy for you to grab reports and pull it into QuickBooks. 
Uh, we live at an age and who knows if this will still be the case in five years where you need that, that third-party integration tool. We use A2X because they're, they're great with accurate data, um, but trying to just get numbers directly from Amazon and push that into QuickBooks or into Xero, that, that's a big mistake. Very, very hard to get accurate information that'll actually reconcile unless you're small and even then it's only going to work for a certain period of time. Uh, and, and the next is, is cost of goods sold. We, we kind of talked about cash versus accrual. You spend $50,000 in inventory. A lot of people throw all that in as $50,000 expense in the month of January. Well, that's going to show maybe a loss for January and a huge profit for uh, February, March, April, but that doesn't really tell you anything on how your business is doing. So you need a better way to do it on a cruel basis, whether it's cost of goods averaging or um, getting more accurate uh, uh, inventory uh, a different way using a seller board or whatever it is. But those are common that the two mistakes on that top line revenue number and how you handle inventory and cost of goods sold. Got it. Got it. That totally makes sense. Um... You mentioned the data source problem, right? Of like getting like, oh, you get your Amazon statement and just put it in QuickBooks, right? <laughs> um, I would imagine that that's something that just makes it difficult for stores to be able to run things well from a bookkeeping perspective. But but what are some of the other things you've seen, whether it's, uh, you know, what banks they're using or, you know, the data connections, those types of things, like what are the the parts that an e-com store should, should be focused on solving in order to make it easier to have good books? Yeah, it's, it, this is something that, that's so overlooked because I feel like a lot of people will chase that that nice extra 0.5% interest rate or um, that, that $200 cash reward you get for opening up a new checking account in some random bank, and they don't factor in the, the easiness. And I went through this using an online-only bank that just made it a nightmare for our bookkeepers and our accountants before switching back to, to one of the main ones. And I mean, even how a lot of these bookkeepers price different clients is, is how easy are your banks, your credit cards, your processors, your marketplaces. If someone's using WooCommerce, which is using, could be using five, 10 different payment gateways opposed to just Amazon, that takes up more time. So doing more is not always better having five credit cards can make it an absolute nightmare. So, so for me, simpler is better using as little accounts as possible, using banks that you know are compatible with QuickBooks, processors that are compatible with QuickBooks, um, using payment gateways that, that keep it simple. You don't need to offer every little thing under the sun until you get to a certain point. But all, all of that comes into play when it comes to easiness and, and be able to, to actually um, get good reports, even just accepting payments. Maybe you don't need a Stripe, a PayPal, and all these other processors, if you can stick to one or two, it makes it easier across the board. Got it. Yeah. So keeping it simple is really what I'm hearing of like being able to map out, like, this is where the money comes from. This is where it goes. And then it's logged in QuickBooks, not some convoluted yeah. situation. Unless there's a reason, if there's a legitimate business business reason to use a certain processor or multiple processors or, or whatever it is, that's different than, than just doing it for the, the gimmick of this week. Got it. Yeah, totally makes sense. I'm, I'm thinking uh, we just switched our personal banking uh, from one to another. I won't name drop, but uh, it's been night and day different. Um, and don't use personal as... checking accounts or personal credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually, so I had both accounts, business and personal at the one bank, moved the personal over to this bank. And now I'm like, I got to figure out how to get the business over as quick as possible because it's just so much better. Um, but I'm, I want to dig into kind of workflow. So I want to understand what's like the best practice process for e-com stores when it comes to bookkeeping, you know, financial management, like 
if you could kind of paint a picture for us of like, how should it be structured as far as like the pieces of the puzzle? And then also maybe from a workflow perspective, like how should it operate from, you know, the CEO's perspective, not exactly how are they doing the bookkeeping, but like, what's the, the architecture of the system roughly um, from the CEO's perspective? And then also what is the workflow? What, what is the right way look like? Yeah, sure. So my overall theory is, or my overall philosophy is that entrepreneurs should not be doing their own bookkeeping, no matter what size business you are. First of all, it's just not a good use of your time. You should be focused on sales, marketing, expansion, launching new products, PPC, whatever it is, growing your business rather than doing your books. And second of all, nine out of 10 entrepreneurs are not good at bookkeeping. And maybe someone listening is, but most of the time when entrepreneurs try to take a QuickBooks course or do the bookkeeping themselves, later on, they just have to pay someone to redo it right anyway. So not a good use of your time. Chances of you getting doing it actually right are not that high. And one of the best decisions we ever made with FreeUp was getting a bookkeeper in place from day one. So our books dating back four years were immaculate. Even before we were making a profit, even before we had revenue, we were still getting reports. We could see what our expenses were broken down so we could see ROI on expenses and how that was going. So the real system is the month ends. By the 10th, 15th of the month, you get income statement, balance sheet, cash flow, and you review that with your business partner. And you compare that to the month before, you compare that to the same month last year, and you make decisions based on what the numbers are telling you. And that could be comparing brands, different segmentations, marketplaces, but whatever it is. You, as an entrepreneur, you don't actually have to log into QuickBooks or log into Zero. You should be getting those reports sent to you and having a meeting on your calendar every single month to go through it with your business partner, your leadership team, your bookkeeper, whoever it is and whoever it makes sense to, to go through it with. So that's kind of the, the system. What you don't want to do is what I did with my Amazon business back in the day where you wait until the end of the year, then you dump everything on your accountant and they're scrambling to put everything together. And even then they're just doing it in a way to file your taxes. They're not doing it in a way to display information to you so that you can make decisions. And by then, by the time they finish those books, it's too late to make any real decisions anyway. So have a system set up with the bookkeeper. By the 15th of the month, you get the reports and you review them together and you look for trends and make real decisions. Got it. One, one of the things that I remember from my first business is I did do the bookkeeping initially myself. I didn't think about like what secure information I'm using because it's my money and my information. So it's like, I just did the bookkeeping, but then that became a nightmare to like transition the process to a bookkeeper. Cause I didn't have any clarity around um, data security and what they should have access to. Um, what are some things that you guys do with clients to basically make it so it's like hands off for them as a merchant but you have everything you need and it's still secure for them. Like, how do you balance that particular part? Yeah, and this is why, I mean, integration is the name of the game when it comes to, to bookkeeping. The, the point on which a client adds a payment method uh, and starts working with us to when we can actually start doing their books. And this has actually been a big focus of mine over the past 60 days. We just hired a full-time integration person. And this person's job is to integrate clients not only as fast as possible, because we want to get started, they want to get started, but as easy as possible and making it with clear, easy directions. Now, we also don't want to have to go back later and ask the client for a statement or whatever it is. And this is also why what banks you use is important. The banks should be able to add bookkeepers, add accounts as view only access. So part of our integration 
process is collecting documents, whether it's articles of incorporation, tax returns, making sure we have what we need there, um, getting view only access to all banks, credit cards, processors, marketplaces, and then connecting everything to, to QuickBooks. So that the only time that we need to reach out to a client is to clarify maybe a new transaction that has come up that we've never seen before. It, it's not to chase them down, hey, send me your statements this month. Our goal is to spend a little extra time up front getting all the access we need so that saves a boatload of time as we go. And that's really the, the name of the ball game, like I said, and, and why we hired a full-time person and, and why even though we have a full-time person, we're looking to improve that process and make it shorter and easier and hands-on and offer calls to just walk a client through it. And if you're a client and and if I'm a, I'm a long-time entrepreneur, the last thing I want to do is sit on the call with an hour, sit on a Zoom with an hour with the bookkeeper, giving them access to all my stuff, but it's worth it to get those reports every single month and make sure you're getting accurate information and not have a bookkeeper that needs to chase you down every month for, for lots of little things over and over. Got it. Yeah, completely makes sense. Walk me through um, a little bit more from the CEO perspective on like how they should be using the data like, what do you see once once brands have solid data in place? What are they doing on like a, you know, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly basis? I'm sure it's going to vary a ton depending on like where their business is at and cash flow and all that stuff. But like, what, what, are, uh, what are some of the things that a CEO is empowered to do when they have the data really well taken care of? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. We work with an eight-figure seller that's very seasonal. So during the summer, they do very, very little business. So an important add-on that, that we did with them is projecting out cash flow because they they need to be able to pay their people through the summer without running out of cash to make it through till the end of the summer where they'll make a boatload of money. So cash flow projection is is key and we need to be able to predict within a thousand dollars or so, hopefully less, of how much cash they're going to have. August 15th, when we're recording this on May 17th. So doing that is really important. Um, we kind of talked about the income statement and the segmenting there. Uh, balance sheet becomes more important with an e-commerce business opposed to a free up, which is very cash flow positive, where there's no inventory, there's no overhead, there's no office. Um, we're not, we're not, or we're collecting cash before we're paying the freelancers. Businesses like that are way different than e-commerce business where you need to understand a balance sheet and your inventory. So those are kind of the, the three that we provide, the income statement, the balance sheet, and the cash flow. Every business is a little different on what, what becomes more important. There are plenty of e-commerce businesses that get away without spending much time on their balance sheet. And there's others where it becomes incredibly important. Same thing with, with cash flow. Got it. Got it. Um, what are some of the other, uh, you know, big obstacles that you see or anything else you think is, is uh, helpful for listeners to understand? Because I want to go into like specifically what does it look like working with Econ Balance? Like how does integration work? All that stuff in a second. But like, are there any other big obstacles you think are, are helpful to, uh, to touch on during the conversation here? Yeah. So the chart of accounts is one of the most underrated things. And, and I'll be honest, I was probably a, a newbie to this just because I've created them for my own companies and I guess free up and even my Amazon business, because we started way back, um, we're a little simpler, but creating a good chart of accounts is something our controller is really good at and be able to break it down so you know what the different expenses are. You can get very general with chart of accounts. So you can get very detailed and, and there's a, a chance you can go overboard too. Like we're auditing a couple 
company right now are going through and pricing them and, and their income statements like 20 plus pages. And that's a little bit insane. So, but having a chart of accounts that you can easily reference that that's numbered, there's a specific way that bookkeepers numbered it from 101 to 405, all the way down uh, labeling different income and expenses, but being able to make sure that, that the average entrepreneur who isn't a bookkeeper, who might not think financials are the most fun thing in the world can actually read it and understand their business to me, that is the most underrated part of this whole thing. And there's a little bit of feedback that goes with it. I mean, if we get someone a chart of accounts and they have massive feedback, that then we're doing something wrong. But there are tweaks you can put in there so that someone can understand their numbers better, maybe some way that they've done it for the past four years or some way that they have a mental note of they call an expense a certain thing. Doing that with the client within that first 60 to 90 days can be really helpful to make them actually spend the time to go through the numbers and understand it when we send them reports down the line. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Anything else like that? Because that's something I think a merchant listening to wouldn't wouldn't think of as like, maybe I should restructure my chart of accounts. Like anything else like that that you see that's just kind of uh, things people realize as they dig in? Yeah. So what I like to do just with entrepreneurs is go through the income statement, go through the balance sheet, go through the cash flow with them and, and kind of try to pinpoint things that they should be watching in terms of trends. I, I kind of mentioned comparing it to the same day last month, same day or same month, same comparing it to the last month and the same month last year, those are, are really good trends to watch because your expenses might be going up way faster than your revenue or a certain product might have been doing great last year and now it's tailing off. So being able to, to compare it, um, to me, that's the key. I mean, if you're, if, if you're having that meeting and you're reviewing it every month and you're looking at trends and you have a chart of accounts you can understand, you're ahead of 99% of the entrepreneurs out there. Got it. Got it. Yeah, this is super, super helpful. I think there's a lot of little nuggets that people are going to pull out. Um, but I want them to I want people to be able to understand like what what specifically uh, does Ecom Balance help with? Like, what is it like working with you guys? Like, help us understand um, for for merchants listening that realize, OK, like I need to button this stuff up. What does it look like working with you as far as the integration onboarding and, and getting to the point of like, OK, things are now dialed in like I never have to do my books again? Yeah. And, and I think our unique value proposition is my business partner, Connor, and I, we're entrepreneurs first. We're e-commerce sellers first. We're not bookkeepers first. We're good at hiring. We're good at processes. We've built a great e-commerce bookkeeping team that can even handle non-e-commerce businesses. But our core is making it so that we speak entrepreneur. A lot of bookkeepers are not able to do that. They just speak bookkeepers. So for us, and, and keep in mind, we're new. We're trying to get this process even simpler and simpler. But right now, you create a free account on our site. You submit our pricing quote form and send us access to your current books. We'll give you a quote. Assuming you agree to that, you add a payment method. Our integration person will jump in to get you integrated as fast as humanly possible. And then we'll have a kickoff call. Make sure we're on the same page. Make sure we really understand your business and hit the ground running from there. And from there, it just depends how far back we go. We have people who come to us that haven't done their books in two years. And we have other people who are caught up and we can hit the ground running. And uh, it just depends how much time we need to, to get everything caught up. But right now, that, that's our process. And we, we love feedback. We're continuing to make it more streamlined every week. Awesome. Awesome. This is helpful. Is there anything else you think is uh, important for people listening um, before we wrap up? Like anything else either about the service or just about, you know, bookkeeping in general and financial management, like anything you think is important to kind of um, make sure that they're aware? 
Yeah. Well, overall, I love connecting with other entrepreneurs. I feel free to connect with me, Nathan Hirsch on any social media channel. And if you do decide to sign up for Econ Balance, make sure you mention this podcast and you'll get two months free on our site. It's one month free as a trial. You'll get an extra free month to, to try us out. And we really appreciate you uh, having, having me on. Awesome. Awesome. I will get uh, a link for that um, into the show notes, but yeah, for everyone listening, I think the big takeaway is this is not urgent until it becomes a big, big problem. And so it's the type of thing where like, it just serves you to spend some time, you know, whether, whether it's buttoning it up yourself, which nobody ever does. That's why it takes so long or working with a company like Econ Balance, just say, look, let's get this taken care of, spend, spend a little bit of time with their integration team, getting it done. Um, and that way you end up in a position where, where not only does it not become a problem for you, but you have really solid access to data to be able to make better decisions. And that's something in this environment, you know, we're about midway through 2022. Um, things are tighter now. Ecom's a little bit different now in the world. World's a little different than it was over, uh, you know, the COVID boom from for e-com. And so it's really important to know your numbers. Otherwise, you wake up at the end of a quarter and you can't make payroll and uh, you're definitely not reloading your inventory. Um, so really, really important to have these numbers right. And I think e-com balance can uh, can help you do that. But I hope that some of the things that Nathan's talked about in this episode uh, just give you kind of the framework that you can use. So uh, check the show notes. Uh, we'll have uh, a link over to Econ Balance there um, to get that second month free. Uh, but Nathan, thank you so much for your time today, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. A lot of fun. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to e-commerce town hall. For more resources related to today's episode, visit ecommercetownhall.com. And don't forget to check out Helpflow. Helpflow provides 24-7 live chat teams to over 100 e-commerce stores and can drive more sales while providing an awesome customer experience through their live chat agents. Helpflow's done-for-you 24-7 live chat team can predict and save abandons directly on your website by engaging with chat. They can also use conversational upsells to increase average order value in a way that feels good to visitors. Ultimately, they're going to provide an overall amazing brand experience to your customers. Learn more today at helpflow.com.